Well, I'm going to pick up on the theme of carnival as I bring you the message today. And I want you to know that there is, right now, a carnival taking place in heaven that is bigger and better and more glorious than anything that we're going to see around us over the next 48 hours here in Notting Hill Gate. So will you turn in your Bibles to John's Gospel, chapter 17. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and if it frustrates you to follow in your version, just look on the screen where it's all set out for you. John, chapter 17. I'm going to read nearly all of the chapter. But as I read it, I want you to begin to imagine. Read beyond just the words imagine what is taking place here. What what picture comes to your mind as you look at this? And let's not be too religious, but as we read this, just imagine what picture this evokes in your mind. John 17, it's the great prayer of Jesus, one of the holiest passages of all of the holy scriptures, and every part is holy. But it's Jesus praying just before he goes to the cross and and, and, and when he's praying, he's praying big picture language. He's letting us know what, he, what the great story is that Jesus is, is bringing about. And so it begins, John 17. After saying these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that he can give back glory to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him, and this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I have brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. Now, verse 9. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you've given me, because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, so they bring me glory. Now I'm departing from the world, they are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so they will be united just as we are. Verse 13. Now I am coming to you. I've told them many things while I was with them in this world so they would be filled with my joy. Verse 16. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Verse 18, just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world and I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. Verse 20, I'm not um, praying, I'm praying not only for these disciples but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. 
I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you've given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. O righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do, and these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them and will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. Now, what is Jesus praying about here? What is John as he records the prayer of Jesus? What is he describing? What is the picture that comes to your mind? Well, what comes to my mind is that he is describing the ultimate party. The ultimate celebration, the ultimate good time, communion, total perfect communion with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and with each other, all together in the spirit of life. This is the carnival in heaven. Now I want you to know that carnival actually has some really wonderful spiritual roots. The word carnival, literally, it comes from two Latin words, meaning putting away the flesh. And, and this was the, the, the Shrove Tuesday celebration in the calendar of the church. And Shrove Tuesday comes before Ash Wednesday, those weeks that build up to Easter, and it's the time of Lent, and Lent was traditionally in the church's calendar a time of austerity, a time of denial, and a time of reflection on things that we need to change in our lives, and Shrove Tuesday, Shrove Tide, was a time when you had special self-examination, not introspection, but looking at the stuff in your life that you need to deal with, what amendments of life and going on in, in your heart in terms of blocking spiritual growth and, and all the stuff that we need special help from God in dealing with. Now, those are the roots. We come now fast forward to Notting Hill Carnival. Up to two million people participate in Carnival every year. Two million people. Uh, that's uh, not including the 40,000 volunteers and only 9,000 police, 9, police. It's the second largest carnival in the world, the largest street party in Europe. Only 20% is made up of tourists and visitors. The rest are us and, and, and local people and, and people from the different communities. This year, it's the three boroughs participating. And uh, what a, an amazing array of color 
and fun it is. The kids on the platform today were waving banners and color, and there was a guy there who was obviously heading for television destiny as he was hogging the camera with his, with his and even gave a bow at the, at, at the right time. But out there in the carnival today, there will be 15,000 costumes on display. And every single costume is made by hand. Every sequence sewn on, every feather tacked on by hand, taking a million hours, a million hours of work in preparation to decorate everything. That um, is, a, is a roughly, approximately, give or take, 30 million sequins, 15,000 feathers, and 30 liters of body paint to make sure the color gets evenly splashed around. 300 food stalls and hours is judged by television people to be the best. The best curried goat and jollof rice and spicy chicken in the carnival. Best for quality and quantity as well as price. 30,000, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 300 food stalls, 30,000 corn on, corn, corns on the cob, a ton of rice and peas, 5 million hot and cold drinks, including 25,000 bottles of rum. And for some reason, 70,000 liters of carrot juice. Uh, oh, wow, it's just, just amazing. And the history of the Notting Hill Carnival is extraordinary. Following the race riots of 1958, we cannot imagine what it was like, the racial prejudice and, and, the, and the racism that was in this area just those few decades ago. I remember speaking to somebody who was born of a, of a black mother, white father, or the other way around, I can't remember, but one partner was white, the other was, was, was black, and, and talking about in their time, as they walked down the street together, in these streets, they were spat at and sworn at for being a mixed-race couple. And there were massive race riots as there was a seething mass of, of, of reaction and response of the, of the racism. And then there was even a murder which was unsolved. And, and people who were concerned, community leaders, got together. And um, there was a campaigner who, who got together back in 1959 saying, what, what can we do about that? An American by the name of Claudia Jones and the Rohan Lazlet organized the Notting Hill Children's Neighborhood Festival in 64, which included steel bands. And then there came a, the first proper outdoor street party in 1966, also uh, organized by this, by this lady. And, and, and her vision came out of a dream. A dream she had when she saw in her dream people of different races dancing in unity, in community, in festivity, in the street together. And so the vision for the Notting Hill Carnival was born. And they began to march through the streets spontaneously until in 1973 they had an official scheduled parade route. And, and, and the carnival is, is, is coming from some of the other traditions in different parts of the world. The great carnivals in Latin America, the great carnivals in, in the West Indies and, and, and go back in the Afro-Caribbean tradition uh, in the West Indies. The carnival came out of the release of slaves from 
from the bondage of slavery. When slavery was abolished, black people found a new kind of liberty to celebrate their culture and took to the streets and those how the, the carnival took off at that particular time. How wonderful to know that there are so many themes that we can identify with putting away the flesh. I'm not so sure that the 50,000 bottles of rum uh, will, will actually contribute to that, but we walk and move in a different kind of spirit. Is that not right, people of God? And, and the racial harmony in Kensington Temple is still one of the most racially integrated, interracial churches, multicultural, multinational churches that I know of in the world. 119 different nationalities sub celebrating together the one Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, moving in the same spirit, growing in the same unity and community and fellowship and joy. And how wonderful to know that that's not about everybody becoming bland and the same. We, we, we love one another and celebrate one another, not despite our differences, but our differences. And I, I was just looking at the nine o'clock service. I didn't quite catch you. I was busy with other things, but I'm sure there was a whole lot more movement going on in the 11 o'clock than the nine o'clock service. I I don't know uh, the, the good kind of movement. Oh, come on, everybody. So, come on, everybody. Let's get into the carnival. Okay, this way to, to your right. Let's go. Come on. You can... Okay. Holy Spirit needs to loosen some of you up, but others are there. But anyway, here is the point that all of that put all the carnivals of all the history of all the nations of the world together and they pale into insignificance by comparison with the carnival that is going on in heaven now. And that carnival has been happening forever and ever in the past and shall continue forever and ever in the future. There is in heaven an eternal, glorious festivity of celebration, of communion, of infinite love, unbroken fellowship, joyous celebration, perfect unity and community, constant other-centered focus. And it's been happening from eternity past, even before creation began. Because the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, which means that from before creation, something else was happening. There was God. Alone? Lonely? Was he some cold metaphysical iceberg? Was he some cold monolithic oneness, totally impassable, unfeeling, no relationship, just on his own. No, 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 no. The Bible says that though there is but one God, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. That one being God exists eternally in three glorious persons, each fully God. God the Father, fully God. God the Son, fully God. God the Holy Spirit, fully God. And they exist in an eternal relationship of joy and celebration in which love flows from the Father to the Son. Love comes back from the Son to the Father and the love between the Father and the Son, communion and fellowship and joy and celebration is so strong, so intense, so powerful, so personal that this spirit of communion is himself 
the eternal Spirit of God, a person in his own right. Hallelujah. So the Father loves the Son, the Son loves the Spirit. The Father glorifies the Son, the Son glorifies the Father. The Father is moving in life towards the Son. The Son is moving in life towards the Father. There is this interpenetration of Father, Son and Holy Spirit, communion, union, perfect, perfect, perfect community. What a wonderful party going on in heaven. Now the good news is, is that that party that's going on in heaven, you and I, we're all invited to that party. I mean, it is the happening party. There's nothing bigger than that, no greater celebration. Not all the sequins in all the world would even just hold a candle to the glorious revelation of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in glorious union and communion, in joy and celebration, in love and movement out towards one another and reflecting back that same love towards one another. This party, to join it, it's the best party because it's where all joy, all fullness, all satisfaction, all glory is being revealed. All revelation is being revealed. It's wonderful and you're invited. I don't know if you've ever heard about a party which was the party of the year and you were not invited. Hmm. I didn't want to go anyway. But this is the happening party. And we're all invited. Hallelujah. And that's actually, we have been created for that party. The whole point was this, is that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, moving in this glorious celebration. And saying, what a wonderful time we're having. And God said, I want others to join us. And then he said, but there are no others to join us. Let's do something about this. So God created the heavens and the earth. He created this enormous universe with all its splendor, reflecting him, reflecting his creativity, reflecting his power, reflecting his personality. And in the middle of that, he placed earth. And on the earth, he made a very special creation, humanity made in the image, made in the likeness of God. What is that all about? Why did God create the world? Well, of course, to display his glory. Psalm 19 verse 1 says, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display His craftsmanship. And it was very good. If there anybody around to judge, I'm sure they would say, Ten! 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 Perfect score. Revealing the great glory of God. But it's still impersonal. You can learn a lot about God By looking around you in the world, even in this fallen world, there's still wonderful traces of his glory. But but in humanity, something special is happening. It's not just to display his glory, but to display his love, his relationship. 
And, and, and if the Trinity is relational, if God is at heart community, imagine this, the ultimate reality of the universe, God himself is community. A community of love. A community of unity. Other-centered focus. The Father centers his focus on the Son. That's what love is. The Son centers his focus on the Father and the Spirit who proceeds from the Father to the Son is dancing in holy unity and unison with the movement that's taking place in the heavens right now within this wonderful, wonderful party known as the relationships of the Trinity. And, and when God created human beings, made us in our image, it made, made him, made, he made us in his image, very often we think it's other around, we made God in our image. But it's not. God made us in his image. And that means he made us for his purpose. Then the purpose was to join the party. That God could have a very big family. Not just God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But we become participators in this party. We become adopted as sons and daughters. And we are invited to that party to celebrate with him forever. Celebrate who he is. But in creating humanity, knowing that we would fall, God said, I'm going to show the universe. I'm going to show the angels of heaven. I'm going to show the principalities and powers, even the devil himself. I'm going to show them something that they've never seen before, a deeper revelation of love. And this is love for the loveless. Love for the undesirable. Love for the unworthy. Love for the unlovable. That was not possible in eternity past because what wrong had the son done to offend the father that the father has to show a kind of love? What is unlovable about Jesus? What is there not to love about the Holy Spirit? What is there not to love about God the Father? So this deeper revelation of love was only possible when God created humanity with all the capacity to relate to him, to enjoy his party, rational level, emotional level, volitional level, at every single level, most important of all, at relational level, we were made to know God and knowing him is life and life eternal. Only now, when we messed up big time, only now, when we're not as lovable as we were created to be, can God demonstrate a deeper revelation of love. That's why we're called to love the unlovable. Look at the person next to you and think to yourself, don't say out loud, think to yourself, what's there not to love about that person? Right now, you all look so love, love, lovable. You know what? Butter wouldn't melt in your mouth. Not even goat butter today will melt in your mouth. But the trouble is spend five minutes with them. Spend 10 minutes and you soon discover there's quite a few things going on which make it sometimes difficult to love the person next to you. Every husband and every wife is nodding their head right now. But it's not just about a deeper revelation of love. It is about a totally new revelation of something called grace. The father did not have to show mercy to the son. The son had committed no offense. The Holy Spirit didn't have to be patient and merciful with the father. The father was perfect. But you and I, 
If we're going to enter that party, we need one thing and one thing only, and that's God's grace and God's forgiveness. And in order for that to happen, grace, God's riches at Christ's expense, for, oh, in order for that to happen, Jesus had to come and lay his life down, demonstrating what love really is. This is how we know love. Not that God, we loved God, but God loved us and sent Jesus to die for us. And so the word grace enters the vocabulary of the universe. This revelation, just imagine the perfect, spotless, sinless angels looking at this word grace and saying, what is that all about? Uh, redeemed members of the family. Redeemed by adoption, redeemed by the blood of Jesus. People who are not worthy to come to the party are given a guilt-edged golden invitation. Come and join in the party of heaven. None of us deserves an invitation. But Jesus gave it to us. That's why we are made to the praise of the glory of his grace. And that's why God is showing the principalities and powers, the mystery of the gospel, which is the revelation of God's grace. And that kind of helps us understand why God would create uh, the beings to become members of his family and join him in the party, knowing that we would make such a mess of things that God would could very rightly and justly banish us forever from his kingdom or any party that he's throwing at any place. But we are invited. Hallelujah. Because we've been adopted. Amen and amen. And that means in John 17, there's so much language about this, talking about what that party is like and what we have as a result of it. That's why I describe it as a party. We're sharing in life. We're sharing in glory. We're sharing in love. We're sharing in fellowship. We're being perfected in unity. We're relating to him and to others in such a way that the world sees living proof that Jesus is all that he claims to be. Amen and amen. This is 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that draws us into the love of God the Father and produces the fellowship, the communion of the Holy Spirit. We are invited and we are joyfully invited. And we have to just accept that invitation to say, yes, God, I need life. I refuse any substitute for life. I accept no counterfeit. Because the problem is, is that, you know, we're not interested in God's party, naturally speaking. We want our own parties. We want to invite who we want, not the people who God says should be there. Because they happen to be part of the same family. All right? And, and, and we think, do you know what? I can do it better on my own. I can throw a better party than God because God's party is all about him. But my party is all about me. And that's how we live, trying to organize our own party, our own celebration for life to work out as we want it to work out, that we can be happy and we can be joyful. That is not a party. That is misery. Because when it's all about you, it's a disaster. But if it's all about God, it's a real celebration. So that's what repentance is. Repentance is saying, God, I, I'm, I am tearing up all the 
arrangements for my own party. And I'm, and I'm tearing up all the invitations for people to come to my party. Now I'm going to invite them to your party and I'm going to lead the way. That's what repentance is. Turning from anything that we think is going to satisfy us more than God himself. Turning from any thought that satisfaction is found in all things that are not God. And realizing that satisfaction is only found in everything that is God. Everything that is of God. Everything that comes from God. That's the true joy. That's the true celebration. We'll be celebrating forever in heaven. Amen and amen. amen. So God is throwing a party. And you and I are invited. And the other good news is that party has already begun. Don't have to wait to heaven before we get to the party. The party begins now. Because when heaven comes into your heart, you want to celebrate. That's what praise and worship and celebration is all about. And how does it begin? It begins at the point of new creation. The party is celebrating the work of Jesus. It's not possible without Jesus. And because Jesus has come and Jesus has died and gone back to the Father and, and is rejoicing in heaven, because all that's happened, as we believe, Bible says, believe and you will be saved. When you believe, new life comes to you. You are a new creation. Old things are passed away. Everything has become new. That is the truth about you. That true you inside you, deep inside you, in your spirit. That born against nature where God dwells with all his fullness. That is the true you. And the secret is to let that out. And when you discover that, you find, hey, do you know what? I really do believe this stuff. I really believe that Jesus is everything he claims to be, that it's all about him. And we don't just have to sing, it's not about me. It's all about you. You'll sing it better than that. Um, editors, can you just take that out? Because that's, that's embarrassing, okay? Cut that out. It never happened. There we are. Thank you, Jesus. We learn to sing the Lord's song. The song of salvation, the song of the redeemed. And this song is so strong, it's so deep within us, we can sing it in prison, as Paul did. Don't wait to get to heaven before you learn the tune. This week, a few of us went up from London to attend the funeral of our dear, beloved, traveling community member, Evangelist Gypsy William Lee. It had a slight accident, cracked some ribs, some kind of operation or something was needed, and it went very quickly, very suddenly wrong, and within the space of a few hours, gone to the party in heaven. Now we miss him. We rejoice in all that God did through him, but he is rejoicing right now. He would not come back for anything. The party begins now, but the best is yet to come. The new creation life is a life of celebration, celebrating God's life and His love poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And this love is seen, first of all, for love for God, such a love for God, such a thirst for God. God, you are my only joy. And, and whatever else may go right, whatever else may go wrong, it's all about you because you alone have the words of eternal life. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, Father, 
and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. It's about knowing God. It's about being in relationship with God. Religion, religion, religion is the worst thing that the devil ever invented and man ever joined. Whatever religion, including the Christian religion, it's not about any of that stuff. It's about a life-giving relationship and it's demonstrated not just about coming to church on Sundays and sitting in rows as good as all that might be. It's not just about how we gather in small groups in the week and all that as good as that might be. It is how we relate from our hearts in love to God and one another. And that's the miracle. That's the carnival. I often think about how the police, there's a dancing policeman got millions of hits on the, on the internet when he was doing something big, he's gone everywhere. And that's a great image, it's a great image for Notting Hill community. It's a great image for the police. So I think to myself, sometimes, maybe two days later, that policeman arrested the people around them, I don't know. But it seems that over, over the life of the carnival, everybody's happy, everybody's joyful, but it's not deep. I'm not decrying it. Many of the people who are involved in these bands spend the rest of the year taking care of social projects in the community. So I'm not speaking any, any way against that. I'm just saying there's nothing that is humanly possible that we can do in our strength as human beings. The biggest celebration doesn't even touch the reality of life in the spirit. Amen and amen. amen. And the thing is that we find it hard to believe because our Fake currency, our counterfeit currency can buy a lot of stuff. Do you know what I'm talking about? Anybody got any money on you? Have we had the offering yet? Have we taken the offering? There's no money left in the house. Let's see who's kept something back from the offering. Any notes? I want a banknote. Preferably the bigger, the bigger, the better. What have you got? You got a 20. That'll do. Nine o'clock service. They gave me a 50. Well, I didn't give it to me. I had to give it back. But you're such a nice lady. I can see that. Okay. 20-pound note. I'm not an expert, but there are tests we can see whether this is fake or not. All right. But don't worry. We won't tell anybody. But suppose this 20-pound note was counterfeit, fake, but a very clever fake. Unless you were highly skilled or had the right equipment, you end in a shop, unless they had that equipment, they just take it. And this fake 20-pound note will buy as much as a real 20-pound note. Is that not right? But it's a lie. And one day, the lie will be exposed. And you have found you've been dealing with fake, fake, fake. And you say, well, it's the same thing. Fake 20-pound, genuine 20-pound still buys me what I want. No. It's fake. That's why it's so deceptive. Some of the things that the world offers as counterfeit seem to give us as much, if not more, seems to give us as much, if not more, than what God promises to give us. Especially when he doesn't give us exactly what we want, when we want it now, God, or else I'll find another religion. <laughs> but if we want the genuine... We'll only deal with the genuine currency of the kingdom. Amen. And the kingdom of God is not legalistic rules of eating and drinking or not eating and not drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy. Thank you very much. Give the lady a round of applause.
So real repentance is tearing up all the invitations to our own party, saying, I'm going to God's party, there's a better party, renouncing all forms of counterfeit, substitute forms of satisfaction that have been idolatrous substitutes for the true and the living God. And we say, God, <laughs> loving God as the supreme good. Up there in the gallery, don't laugh over my typo here. Loving God as the supreme good and ultimate goal of our lives, the ultimate goal. And loving others is the ultimate way of developing and demonstrating that love. But knowing that we will be less than perfect and our experience of God will be less than perfect. We'll only get a taste of a taste of a taste of what it means to know God and to be in his presence and to be in the party. Totally, totally unplugged, totally, totally unrestricted, unblocked, undiminished joy in heaven. When we're perfected in love, living totally free from sin and self, liberated from all that is in us that is not of him. Free to live and free to enjoy him and one another forever in the eternal party of heaven. Come on band, let's come back because we're going to do some carnival, real carnival celebration again before we leave this place. I want to ask you, have you ever accepted that invitation, really accepted the invitation? And said, RSVP, yes, Jesus, you died for me. I believe in you. I put my trust in you. That's how you RSVP. Believe in Jesus. Secondly, have you really started to, to party? Have you learned to tear up that counterfeit currency and say, I'm going to lay aside my flesh. I'm going to deal with that deception. And I'm going to come alive in the Holy Spirit. And have you actually really begun to tell other people about that party. That's why we're here today, not just to sell curried goat and jollof rice and to wear t-shirts and all the rest of it and to be part of the fun. We are here today to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people who are at the, at the wrong party. Well, they don't know about the other party. Let them have this party, but there's a better one that we want them to be invited to. But don't just give the invitation. Be the invitation to that party. Say, look at you. Where have you been? What are you doing? I'm having a party. Can I come? Yes, everybody's welcome. Don't just give the invitation. Live the invitation. Be the invitation. Demonstrate that party spirit now of love and joy and glory, celebration, self-sacrifice, giving and receiving in the kingdom of God. Let them see the joy of redeemed relationships with God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and with one another. Celebrate that goodness and let His love be seen in us because this is the ultimate love festival where love as it truly is, is revealed as it can never, ever been seen before. And the fullness of that will be when everything else is made to bow down to honor this party. Every tear wiped away. Every sickness destroyed forever. No more crying. No more sorrow. No more mourning. No more weeping. Only the joy of the fullness of God. Who would not want to be in that party today? In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, come forward. All right. Are you ready? We're ready. We're okay. ready. Now we've got a good 20 minutes. And as you know, the preacher on Sunday hardly ever finishes on time. 
So we've got a good 20 minutes to half an hour, if you want, and just, just at a certain time, if, if you come to the point not before one o'clock, but you say, oh, I just need some fresh air, you get in line for the curried goat. I know what you're doing. But let's honor God, let's celebrate, let's enter into the real spirit of the real carnival, putting away of the flesh that you might enjoy the life of the Holy Spirit.